Jean Paul Sartre's essay, uh, Black Orpheus, is an incredibly important piece that always uh, fills me with mixed feelings. The genesis of the piece is really interesting and I always think is worth remarking upon. Uh, Sartre wrote this as a preface to a collection or introduction to a collection of negritude poetry <clears throat> in which uh, he, in, in so doing, uh, lent sort of his fame and celebrity uh, to this movement, which was an African and uh, sub-Saharan African and uh, Afro-Caribbean movement. He lent his name and fame to sort of gather some visibility, garner some attention for the volume. And I think that by itself is is noteworthy and, and is this moment where Sartre in 1948, so really just after the Second World War and in the very beginnings of the post-war independence movements across Africa and the Caribbean, he really has his finger on uh, where revolutionary politics and radical thinking uh, is to be taken. And I like that about the piece. I like that where, uh, you know, it, it allows us to see not only something about Sartre's work and his thoughts and his political values. I think those are important, right? And I'm not interested in, you know, Sartre was a saint because he threw in his lot with the oppressed. But at the same time, he did throw in his lot with the oppressed in key moments, right? Whether it was in the Algerian struggle, uh, especially around France Fanon's The Wretched of the Earth, or in this case, the preface or introductory piece to Negritude Poetry, where he wanted at the literary level to, to throw in his lot with a revolutionary language and poetry that became revolutionary culture and politics. And you can see that in the writing. You certainly see that in his own articulation of the value of negritude poetry and the focus on blackness, not just uh, in terms of authorship or literary tradition, but at the level of, of poetic figuration and trope and metaphor and image. <clears throat> so I like the piece for that. I think it's historically really interesting. And another sort of side effect of it is that Sartre is someone who can let us uh, respond to anyone who says, well, colonialism, you know, maybe, you know, European thinkers stayed silent on colonialism, but it was just how things were back then. We've all heard this, whether it's about slavery or Jim Crow or colonialism, this, uh, this, this sort of trope that seems so common and, and, and almost immovable, which was that's just the way things were. Those were the values of the time. He was a man of his time or some sort of thing. And what Sartre does in 1948 in this preface to, uh, uh, to the Negritude Poets is let us know what we should have known before Sartre and certainly during and after Sartre's time as, as an important French intellectual is that there were always dissenting voices. There were always were pushbacks from white Europe. Right. Obviously, there were pushbacks from the colonized world, uh, but certainly also in Europe, there were European thinkers, Sartre being chief among them, who pushed back against this. And so those who stayed silent, they stayed silent in the face of somebody like Sartre saying his piece and making his case for a revolutionary poetics and putting in our lot as thinkers and writers with the oppressed. Now the piece itself, I think, is not particularly complex, 
And on the one hand, I find it quite unsympathetic. But I also really love something about it. What I don't find sympathetic about it is the turn that the piece makes in the end. That is, the piece in the end says that this moment of what we would call now like racial, the, uh, an emerging racial consciousness and garnering and gathering revolutionary energy around racial identity, that sense of resistance, that sense of mobilization, for Sartre is merely a transitional period. That is, it is important for, in this case, black colonized people in Africa and the, the black Caribbean to come to a consciousness of themselves as culture makers and world makers and to think about their relationship to their own identity in ways that are unprecedented, in ways that colonialism and um, the slave trade all but eliminated from public consciousness, from collective consciousness. So I think Sartre is right to say in any kind of revolutionary moment in col under colonial rule, there has to be a gathering of, of, of consciousness among the people who are oppressed, who have an alternative story to tell about who and what they are. That alternative story that's told about who and what they are is the way that an oppressed people begin to say no. It's a dialectical movement, right? Negate the narrative about them, that they are this way, right? That in this case, right, with Negritude Poets, um, the, the movement away from saying, you know, black people are ruled by feeling and emotion and an intimacy with nature. They're more natural, not as abstract and rational as white Europeans, right? That's the narrative to which the negritude poets uh, negate, right? That that's what they mobilize around. But this interesting, of course, that the negation is not to say we are also, as black people, abstract and rational and detached, right? And outside emotion in the way that white Europe says, you know, the elevated sense of humanity, uh, you know, is and embodies. It is rather a reversal or revaluation of values to say that this value that white Europe has put on these aspects of what they are calling black life, right? Senses of emotion and rhythm and, and intimacy to nature and so forth. Rather than those being what Europe has said, right? Abject or degenerate categories or ways of being. That the negritude poets revalue that and really turn the valuation on its head and say that those features that are attributed to black people in Africa and in the Caribbean and across the Americas, those things that are made abject are actually virtues of art, of being, of knowing. Right? They're virtues, they're to be elevated and extended and embellished and indulged rather than fled from. So strategically, in terms of, of, of an act of negation, the negritude poets are absolutely um, reactive to what white Europe has said about the black Atlantic world. It's absolutely reactive in the sense that it takes the values and features that white Europe ascribes to black people, right? And reacts to them in a way of revaluating 
right? Re-evaluating, reassessing the meaning of those things that were used to degrade black people are now used to elevate, embellish, and inspire uh, black art and culture in the wake of colonialism, right? Because the Negritude poets are writing against the abjection of blackness, the depiction of blackness as sort of sad, disgusting, threatening, degenerate, and so forth. They're reacting against that in order to elevate it. And when they react to that in order to elevate it, it's a reactivation of a sense of collectivity where black people can have a relationship to each other, in this case through poetry, that is not controlled by the way white people evaluate and control those values of black life from the perspective of the white gaze. Negritude poets in that way are poets who through poetry want to make the black gaze turn to itself, right? That black people turn to one another through the black gaze and not through the white gaze. It is, we could say, and this is not what Sartre or the Negritude poets say, so it's my own interpretive moment, that it is an elimination of double consciousness rather than negotiating that second sight that Du Bois talks about, where somehow behind the veil, right, black people are able to see something about the world that's unique and important that white people can't. Instead of going that direction, it's an elimination of the doubling of consciousness by cutting out the white gaze, by cutting out white presence in order to reevaluate the terms of black life and resituate black people in relation to one another through the black gaze and its poetic values, its ideas of beauty, of truth, of meaning, of world making, and so on. So that sense of negation, right, for, for, uh, for the negritude poets and for a lot of readers of negritude, absolutely that, that negation is simply an elimination of the colonizer and the colonizer's presence in the black imagination. It's just a negation that eliminates, cuts out, and moves on with a different vision of the whole. But Sartre doesn't see that negation as an elimination of the white gaze alone. What he sees that negation as part of is part of a dialectic. And the way that dialectic works in this case is to say that there is the white gaze and its construction of black abjection. The negation of that through a revaluation of blackness that says it's not abject at all, it's beautiful, it's world-making, it's life-affirming, it has a, an emotional and spiritual and uh, ontological depth to it. Right, that is not abject at all, but is its opposite. So that sense of negation. For Sartre, if it's dialectical, it means that that contradiction between the white gaze and the black gaze has to be resolved in some way. So what is that resolution and how does it come about? This is the part of the essay that I'm less happy with, right? I find unconvincing and unsatisfying in so many ways, but I also think it poses a really important question. His resolution of this contradiction, right? In other words, the dialectical um, movement from the white gaze to the black gaze where that resolves itself is in this affirmation of what we might call, following Sartre, the global proletariat, right? That is, to make, a, 
to, to make that affirmation of blackness as the abject end of colonialism, to reevaluate that, is to chart a path for all oppressed people, colonized or simply inside of Europe, right, economically exploited, to find a path back into the revaluation of working class or proletariat life, right? In other words, the Negritude poets are important for two major reasons. One, the resistance to colonialism through the negation of the white gaze, but also that in that, that, that negation of the white gaze, there's an affirmation of the life of the oppressed on its own terms that demands something new and more of the world. That's what the poetry is about. It's not just we're gonna change some of the language of poets. Of, of poetry, change some of the images or figures or tropes. It's this second move, right? Which is, you know, we are not only gonna, gonna, gonna change those values, but that change in values about how we think about black life is gonna make black people, oppressed black people in the colonized world ask more of their world than they would have before. This is incredibly important to me as an aspect of negation because it's a sense of, of negation that turns towards asking more. That way that, you know, in terms of the vernacular in the United States, we might look at the Black is Beautiful movement in the 19, late 1960s and 1970s, which was very much about reevaluating uh, notions of beauty. And I think we still struggle with that and still, still work with that idea in the, in the U.S. these days uh, around... Um, as an aspect of racial justice. Like, how is that racial justice? Well, it's racial justice because if you think that you are a beautiful people, that's what negritude really wants in the end. If you think you are a beautiful people, you become enfranchised or expect enfranchisement in the world that surrounds you. And when you don't have that enfranchisement, you demand it because you, for lack of a better way of putting it, you believe in yourself. You know your own beauty. You know your own value and worth. When you know your own value and worth, when you know your own beauty, then you are in a position to fundamentally change the world. It's exactly in the horizon that fundamentally changed the world that Sartre situates Negritude Poets and its revaluation of blackness on a continuum that moves across the globe to think about oppressed people broadly, not just black colonized people, but oppressed people broadly, economic, right? Perhaps gendered, but he talks about the proletariat, so it's not his words, right? But we may think in terms of gender and sexuality and various forms of, of racial discrimination and, and colonial relations, you know, across Asia, you know, across the indigenous Americas and so forth. You can see then how Sartre, why Sartre wants to move out of negritude poetry towards a broader vision. I think that's an interesting argument, right? That, that is that black victories around things like worth and enfranchisement would be like a, like a contagion for other oppressed people. Like they did it, how about we do it? What's interesting to me though is that Sartre doesn't simply see black liberation around negritude poetry and its values to be a contagion. If he had said it was a contagion, I would find that actually quite convincing. I think that's true, that when one group of people agitates to get free, other oppressed people start to think, what about us? How can we follow this same path? 
But Sartre posits a destination to that, and that's where he already anticipates ideologically the resolution of the dialectic in a sense of a global proletariat. So when he imagines this global proletariat, right, this global proletariat is already a race neutral, right, and a, and a what in dialectics you would call sublimation, like a lifting up out of racial specificity towards a non-racially specific idea of the proletariat or the oppressed broadly. For me, that's this enormously risky move. And it's risky in a way that I don't particularly like, but I think it's always worth discussing, which is what is black liberation about in the end? Is it about racial consciousness and a sense of collective self among black people? Or is it that sense of, 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 a, of a collective uh, ident identification against white supremacy and the white gaze that ultimately has a larger goal of the total economic liberation of the planet? I don't think that's a terrible idea. What I think is so risky about it is that the way Sartre situates that move Right, that move from black consciousness to class consciousness, right, as a way of moving so quickly away from the pleasures and complexity and richness and potential of black liberation on the terms of blackness. He moves so quickly away from that that I think it indicates, even though it's a short piece and it can't say everything, it indicates a lack of patience with the meaning and significance of racialized and racially specific forms of liberation. Something that someone like Césaire in Culture and Colonization absolutely is not interested in surpassing. And so many black thinkers have thought along the same lines of Sartre, right up to the point of that next dialectical move to resolve it in a global proletariat. And the resistance to that, I think, comes from a very deep ethical and political sense, which is maybe, perhaps, or even just asserting that, blackness and black liberation on the terms of overcoming anti-blackness is not only a worthy goal, but in the end, enough and plenty. <laughs>